it's time for coffee with Scott Adams, the best time of the day. Well, it's 4th of July, the 5th. We're celebrating like uh, demons here in the United States, our Monday off, even though it's not really the holiday. And I would like to kick this Monday off with, well, really the best thing that's ever happened to you. It's called the simultaneous sip, and all you need is a cup or a mug or a glass, a tanker, chalice, a stein, a canteen, jug, a flask, a vessel of any kind. Fill it with your favorite liquid. I like coffee. And join me now for the unparalleled pleasure, the dopamine hit of the day, the thing that makes everything better. It's called the simultaneous sip, and it's going to rock your world now. Go. Ah. Well, because it's uh, it's normal, it looks like my locals broadcast uh, is not working. I told you there's a problem whenever you have any one piece of uh, extra uh, extra technology. This thing is not working. <laughs> and I'll show you why. So, um, there's a bad, <clears throat> bad battery on one part of my hardware, which is making this stream not working. So we're going to end this. <clears throat> All right, the locals is turned off. Now, that was not a problem with the locals platform. I've been experimenting with my various uh, different types of uh, sound equipment. And one of them has this fatal flaw that it takes a battery. What are the odds that I would be organized enough to have a spare battery all the time, <laughs> to always have a spare battery, and to be able to hot swap it as soon as I'm ready? So this is a problem with almost all of the audio solutions that I've tested so far. They, they all have some kind of a fatal flaw. Anyway... So let's continue with this. Jonathan Trolley has an interesting comments about uh, Hunter's laptop. Have you heard about uh, Hunter's laptop? Well, um, apparently there's more and more information that Hunter was acting as a conduit for uh, deals that would involve his father's influence when his father was vice president. And there's yet another story about this coming out from an ex-FBI director, uh, Louis Free, and I guess he made some donations to the uh, to the some Biden charity, and uh, then asked for some business deals. Now, if anything like this had happened to any of the Trump kids or that family, this would be, of course, the biggest story in the news. But this has every element to be a gigantic national story. But it isn't. It just isn't. So the media has simply decided, as Jonathan Turley is pointing out here, they've simply decided this isn't a story. And if you think that what makes a story is the, the elements of the story, you know, the variables in the story, is it important to you, is it going to matter, blah, blah, blah. If you think that's what makes a story... Nope, it is not. That is not what makes the story. Um, 
And uh, all right, just looking at your comments for a moment. There's somebody here who wants, who desperately wants to get uh, <laughs> banned. But keep it up, keep it up. You'll get banned in a minute. All right, um, Cori Bush, who is a congresswoman, tweeted yesterday quite provocatively. She tweeted, when they say that the 4th of July is about American freedom, remember this, the freedom they're referring to is for white people. This land is stolen land, and black people still aren't free. That came from a congresswoman. She's black, she's a woman, and she's in Congress. But apparently something's holding her back because, what, she's not president yet? She's not the emperor of the universe? What exactly is holding back Congresswoman Cori Bush? She's crushing it. Congresswoman Bush, um, you're in Congress. You did okay. (laughs) You did okay. So... The, the weird thing is that I, of course, agree with the statement. How, how many of you who are, are watching this, who happen to be white or at least non-black, how many of you think this is unreasonable? Is it unreasonable that black Americans would not want to necessarily celebrate a day of freedom when they didn't have any freedom? Uh, yeah. Uh, I, I feel as though... It's a perfectly valid point. However, however, it also seems that everything should have a start. Because, correct me if I'm wrong, but the original uh, founders didn't let people like me vote either, did they? Did they? Because, let's say my family were not landowners. Uh, actually, we weren't here during, the, during that period. So my family wasn't here yet, but suppose they had been and had not been landowners. They couldn't vote, right? And if you were a poor person working for a rich white person, did they treat you well? (laughs) Or maybe you got beaten if you were a poor white person too. So things were definitely not great for everybody, but I think the point is well taken that uh, if you're black, maybe that is not your Independence Day. I think that's a reasonable point. I, I wouldn't disagree with that at all. Um, but it's too bad there's not a date that would have give us more unity on stuff like this. Speaking of race, which seems to be the only thing anybody cares about now, which is a really good sign. If what you're complaining about is race in the United States in 2021 where race is the smallest problem that's ever been anywhere, still a problem. You know, I'm not minimizing how big the problem remains. But it is probably the lowest that specific problem has ever been anywhere at any time. That's my guess. That's probably an exaggeration, but you know, things are headed in the right direction at least. So ESPN has this racial drama. And what makes this story interesting is that it's a story about nobody doing anything wrong except the people who reported it. (laughs) It's a story about bad behavior except there isn't any bad behavior. The only bad behavior is the people who reported it because it was based on a private phone call. Whoever reports a private phone call 
without the permission of the people on the call. They are bad people, really bad people. But let me tell you what the what this is about. So I guess there are two uh, two women who work f- work for ESPN, and they both would obviously like to succeed in their jobs. I'm sure that's a fair statement. And one of them's white, one of them's black, and the uh, the black one got some kind of a job that the white one thought was guaranteed to her in her contract. And then in a private conversation, said that, uh, that what's behind it might be ESPN's trying to correct for an abysmal history of diversity. Now, this was a private conversation that somehow got published. Which, uh, which, uh, who, who made, who made a mistake here? Was it bad behavior by the white, um, the white, what are they, correspondents, or what are they, hosts? What would you call them? Uh, whatever they are, the people on TV, on ESPN. Was it bad behavior that the white one would say in a private conversation that she believes that her employer was being influenced by the need to have a better diversity record? There's nothing wrong with that. (laughs) There's nothing wrong with that at all. This was somebody accusing their employer of good behavior, right? Because isn't ESPN supposed to be trying to correct their history of bad diversity? Now, I'm not saying that you agree with it, not, not you individually. An analyst, thank you, analyst, we'll call them. Yes, sports analysts, thank you. And, but what's wrong with that? What's wrong with a white core analyst saying that her employer is concerned about diversity and acting upon it in a way that is good for diversity but bad for the people who don't get the jobs that maybe they would have if if diversity had not been a main interest. There's no bad behavior in the story, except whoever's the fucking asshole who decided to publish a private conversation. That's the only bad behavior in the story. And yet we're so starved for race-related stories that we have to make this one. Now, most of you know I have a little sensitivity to this because I lost two corporate careers for being white and male. And I hasten to tell you that my bosses told me that directly. We're not going to promote you because you're white and you're male, and we have a really bad track record of diversity in senior management, so we can't make it any worse by promoting somebody like you. Again, they told me directly. I'm not interpreting something. I'm not assuming anything. They told me directly. This is the normal. This is normal. Everything you hear about this ESPN story, where there's a white analyst who believes she lost a job because of her race, this conversation is going on everywhere all over. It, this is nothing about ESPN, really. Just the most basic conversation happening in every big corporation right now. So there's no bad behavior here, and nobody should be treated that way. And I don't even think that it was an insult, because some would take it as an insult to the black analyst, because the assumption is that she only got the job because of her ethnicity. But that's not even in the story, because in the very story, the white analyst is complimenting her and saying that she's qualified. So, you know, it's not, 
It's not like somebody's saying one of them is unqualified. That's not even in the story. All right. We'll make anything a racial story, even if it isn't. Did you see the clip of Biden in his declining, declining cognitive abilities trying to buy something at a store and also talk to people at the same time? It, it didn't go well. <laughs> it didn't go well at all. And so is it Roddy jo- Jackson, um, Trump's ex-doctor uh, at the White House, is claiming or asserting once again that uh, Biden needs to take a cognitive test. Now, here's the interesting thing. Apparently, um, there is a scheduled medical checkup before the end of the year. So we know the White House is going to do that on Biden before the end of the year. Don't you think they need to include a cognitive test? It would be one thing if somebody showed no symptoms whatsoever of cognitive decline. If people were asking for a cognitive test in the context of nobody asks, nobody noticing anything wrong, well, you, could you argue, well, maybe we don't need that, right? But that's not the context. The context is that literally everybody can see there's something wrong with Biden. He is clearly slowing down. Under that context, how do you even argue that a cognitive test is necessary? And I've got a feeling that the only thing keeping it from happening is that Kamala Harris is too weak and they don't want her to be the president. I feel as if they realized that she would be a, you know, a nightmare as a president. So I think the Democrats are in a bad place. They can't, they can't test uh, Biden's cogn- cognitive ability because I don't think they're going to get the answer they want. And they can't not do it. So what are you going to do? Just keep limping along and pretending Biden's still in charge? I guess so. So I'm trying to figure out what kills more people, fake news or vaccinations. All right, so here's a startling statistic. 86% of Democrats, um, and this is from um, CNN, Brian Stelter's show, so I'm sure the facts are all correct. 86% of Democrats uh, have one shot, but only 45% of Republicans. Did you know? Did you know the difference was that big? 86% of Democrats have at least one shot, and only 45% of Republicans. Now, uh, Brian Stelter blames you know Facebook and Fox for scaring people about the shots. And points out that generally conservatives tend to be more afraid of change and more afraid of things, but that doesn't seem to be the problem here. The problem seems to be that conservatives, or Republicans, let's say, don't trust science. They don't trust science, and they don't trust the news. So when, when it's proposed, hey, get this shot, the conservatives say, I don't trust you and don't get it. Now, I was looking at some of the uh, comments for why, why some Republicans are not getting it. The most common comment from people who don't want the vaccination is it has a 99.9% uh, survival rate, at least for people with good health. Now, the anti-vaxxers say, why are you making me take an experimental, they would say, uh, let's say a not 100% tested vaccine when I already have a 99.9% whatever survival rate? Why would I take that chance? What's wrong with that analysis? 
go. Tell me what is wrong with the analysis that there's a 99.9% survival rate. Uh, Can you tell me what's wrong with that analysis? Well, somebody says it's selfish, but that's true. You, You could define it that way. But let's just say you're making the decision for yourself. You're allowed to be selfish. When it comes to your own health decisions, you could be selfish. That's not immoral. All right. Um, yes, I'm going to say long haul. That's right. If you're ignoring the long haul risk, you have not made a decision based on statistics. So don't act as though you are. Right? Now, if you said, well, I've considered the long haul risk and very few people die from it and, you know, worst case, I feel bad for six months, I'll still take that chance. Well, then at least you've made some kind of a reasonable decision. You might be right, might be wrong, but it's reasonable. But if you've ignored the long-haul risk, you're not making a statistical decision. What are you doing? You're making some kind of emotional decision. Here's what I would like to see. I would like to see an online calculator that shows you know, the various risks for various situations so that you could put in your own long-haul risk. Can you tell just off the top of your head, can you tell that your risk from the vaccination would be worse than your risk from not getting vaccinated? How would you decide that? Let me tell you about a doctor you should not listen to. <clears throat> so in Texas, there was, uh, some medical doctors were uh, testifying before the state senate, and they were opposed to mandatory COVID shots, but um, they were talking about the risks in general. And I want to point out a type of doctor you don't want to pay attention to, okay? So these are some things that this doctor said in uh, testifying. Uh, I think it was Dr. Edwards, but it doesn't matter who who said it. It's a doctor who said this. Uh, He said, on a personal note, I believe that God gave us an amazingly robust immune system, and I don't think we can improve on God. That's a doctor you don't want to go to. If the only thing you knew about this doctor was that one sentence, mm, don't go to that doctor. Really, that's a problem. Because this, this doctor has told you that he started with his belief in God and then worked backwards to his medical opinion. I don't see any other way to interpret this. Started with a religious belief and then worked backwards to his medical opinion. I think he's saying that directly. Now, he also believes his medical opinion is compatible with with God, but if you hear somebody start with their religion, as that's my starting place, and then I'm going to tell you why my religion is right, just run away. And I'm pro-religion, by the way. I'm not a believer, personally, but I'm very pro-religion. I think it has all kinds of benefits for people... um, that are unambiguous. Um, What else did uh, Dr. Edwards say? Uh, He said that Dr. Edwards stated that he has received, quote, numerous reports within hours of uh, receiving COVID vaccines that people have suffered strokes, heart attacks, pulmonary embolisms, blood clots, and sudden death. If your doctor talks like that, you need a new doctor. If you ever hear your doctor say anything like this, run away. This is a doctor who's making a decision 
Number one, based on his religion. He said that directly. And number two, based on anecdotal reports in a context where incorrect anecdotal reports are guaranteed. Meaning that so, so many people are getting the shot, it's guaranteed that some people have health problems soon after getting the shot. Guaranteed. It doesn't mean that they're all getting these problems because of the shot. It's just guaranteed statistically that you know, X number of people will, will get the shot and then have a health problem. So if he doesn't have a study to back up these numbers, uh, what the hell? You know, at the very least, he should be able to back, you know, back up uh, his anecdotal stuff with a study. Uh, he also pointed out that a Harvard study, <coughs> excuse me, has previously estimated that only about 1% of all adverse uh, reactions to vaccines are ever reported to the VAERS database. So there's this database that people report any adverse reactions, and only 1% of them get reported. But don't you think they report all the bad ones? <laughs> if, if only 1% of the side effects are reported, but don't you think all of the deaths are reported or heart attacks and stuff? So I would think it's probably pretty close to getting all the bad stuff. The stuff that wouldn't be reported would be a headache, right? So I'm not sure that that matters as much as they say. So that's a, a big hole in this. We don't quite know how important that is. And so here's another thing this doctor says. He cited the fact that the CDC is now reporting over 4,000 deaths in this VAERS database, while for the previous 20 years combined, there were only that many deaths. So if your doctor says this, run away from the doctor, not from the vaccination. Listen to this. This is what a doctor said in public, that you should be essentially saying that this should matter to you, that the total deaths so far from these coronavirus vaccinations is more than 20 years of all the deaths ever reported from all the other vaccines put together. If your doctor says that, your doctor's a moron. Why? Go. Yeah, yeah. let's see. Yeah, you're seeing some people in the comments can tell that this is a moron talking, right? What's wrong with that statement? He's compared the wrong things. You don't compare this vaccination to all the other vaccinations. That's, that's the wrong comparison. <laughs> you bet, you, this is an idiot comparison. This is an idiot comparison. This is someone who doesn't know the slightest thing about how to compare things. Here's what he should have compared it to. Should have compared it to the deaths from the coronavirus. The vaccine for the coronavirus is an offset to the deaths from the coronavirus. The vaccine for the coronavirus is not trying to compensate for something about other vaccines. These are just different conversations. For this doctor to put in that comparison to scare you, this is bullshit, doctor. These are terrible, terrible. Terrible way to look at it. So I would say that uh, this doctor is statistically um, incompetent. There is, a better, however, a better argument that um, the therapeutics are so good now that you basically don't need vaccines. 
So one of the therapeutics, a budin, budesnoid or something, it's a, an existing one for asthma. Apparently, if you get this within the seven days of symptoms, it reduces your hospital, hospitalization rate by 90%. What? <laughs> a common over-the-counter, not over-the-counter, but you can get a prescription easily, a common medicine that's available in every hospital easily can reduce your risk of hospitalization 90%. Well, that's, uh, that's pretty impressive. So we got a bunch of therapeutics that probably do all the work or a lot of the work that the vaccinations would. And you also have to worry about the f- fact that the people pushing the mandatory vaccinations are older people. Do you have a, any kind of a moral or ethical problem with the fact that the people who are talking about making your vaccinations mandatory are all the older people? Does that bother you a little bit? doesn't necessarily seem like you're... Yeah, I'm not going to talk about ivermectin. <laughs> yeah, I know you want to talk about it. There's just nothing else to say about it. Some people think it works. Some people don't. That's the whole story right now. All right. Um, if, I, if I were 30 years younger, would I get the vaccination? Let me answer that question with a question. Where is my online calculator to calculate my odds? Why can't I go online and just say, okay, I have these situations going on with my health. What are my personal odds of having a complication from the vaccine? And maybe there's a range there, so we don't know the exact, exact situation, but a range. And then what is my, what is my risk of long-haul risk uh, that I would definitely not want? Or death from uh, COVID itself? Uh, you know, comparing the, the vaccine versus the, the COVID. So I'd like an online calculator where I could just go in there and it would, it would include long-haul risk and i just put in my numbers and punch out a number. Somebody says it does exist. Um, Scott has cognitive dissonance. Well, you're going to have to do better than that. Give me an example and tell me what the trigger is. Why do you need a calculator for your life? That's just weird, man. This is where you, um, this is where you can see all the, the rational people versus the, the artists, I guess. <laughs> the rational people would be happy to know their odds. The artists are sure that they already can make a decision without knowing the odds of stuff. All right. Um, Weirdly, in the Trump legal situation about the whether the taxes were paid on fringe benefits, it looks like President Trump has pretty much admitted they did all that stuff, <laughs> at least the fringe benefit part. So in his speech, he's talking about how companies don't get dinged for this, typically, and he's right, but they are getting dinged for it. But here's the thing. The New York, New York State Attorney General, who's bringing these charges, Letitia James, she campaigned on promises to investigate Trump and his business dealings. She campaigned on taking Trump down if she became the attorney general without evidence. That's right. The person who's in charge of prosecuting the Trump company promised to do it before having evidence of any crime. That is almost certainly racist, She's black, Trump is white, he's assumed to be racist, 
because he's white, blah, blah, and other things. So uh, this looks like a racial case. And I, I wonder if the Supreme Court would just throw it out because she's tipped her hand uh, that she's, in, she's basically in it because she hates this guy, and it looks, ex- it looks overtly racist to me. It looks like a hate crime, yeah. It looks like the attorney general is perpetrating a hate crime. That's exactly what it looks like. So I don't think this is acceptable. Independent of what the Trump organization did or do, did not do, having this particular person in charge of the uh, prosecution, totally unacceptable. Totally unacceptable. All right. Um, suppose a whole bunch of people don't get vaccinations and then they die, and we can calculate how many extra people died because they didn't get vaccinated. First of all, do you think we'll ever be able to do that? In the United States, do you think we'll come up with an estimate that says this many extra people died because we didn't get the vaccination? Uh, Let me tell you again, I'm not going to be talking about ivermectin just because... There's nothing to say about it, right? Some people think it works, some people doesn't. That's the end of the story. Um, but wouldn't we be able to actually calculate how many people died from um, fake news? Now, fake news would be anything that misled you on the statistics, too, or scared you when you shouldn't have been scared. I would call that fake news. Will we be able to calculate... How many people were killed by fake news? And then here's the complicated part. Would it be Fox News that you would blame? Maybe because they're discouraging people from getting vaccinations, according to Brian Stelter. Would you say X number of people got killed by Fox News saying there were risks with the vaccination? Or, Or could you say that the real problem is that the fake news, the CNNs, and the scientific community itself have discredited themselves so much that the people you should trust to tell you to get a vaccination, you can't trust. You legitimately can't trust them. Whose fault would it be if, say, 100,000 people die who didn't need to die? Would it be Fox News for scaring you about vaccinations, which I think you could fairly say happened? Or would it be CNN and the scientific community and the Dr. Fauci's, et cetera, who had so destroyed their own credibility that you couldn't trust them about anything. I feel like it's all of the above, yeah, as, as you're saying in the comments. So does fake news kill people? Yes, yes. In fact, we've reached a point where the biggest threat to the country is the fake news, right? Because the fake news is telling you to go to war with Iraq, The fake news is telling you what to do or not do about climate change. The fake news is telling you what to do or not do about nuclear energy. The fake news is telling you what to do or not do about Iran, right? It's all the fake news. We have one problem, fake news. Everything else sort of just falls down from that, the fact that we can't trust our institutions or our news. All right. Um, CNN reports that 17 states have enacted uh, 28 new laws that make it harder to vote. 
So that's CNN's take on these voting law changes. Harder to vote. That's it. That, that's the whole story. It's just making it harder to vote for obviously racist political reasons. Well, here's another report from CNN. Um, Seatbelts make it harder to drive. Well, it's true, isn't it? Don't seatbelts make it harder to drive? Because you've got that extra time you have to do to put on your seatbelt, and then your passenger doesn't have the seatbelt on, and the little, the little noise comes on, and you're, you know, hey, put your seatbelt on. Wouldn't you say that CNN should report the seatbelts are making it harder to drive? I'm sure it's true that these laws make it harder to vote, but that's not the point, is it? <laughs> Isn't the point to make the election secure? The intention should matter. The trouble is that you can get both. You can, you can make it more secure and also more likely to suppress a vote at the same time. So intentions are a little mixed up here. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, very good analogy. Thank you. All right, uh, so apparently U.S. and Iran are not making any progress toward a nuclear deal. Are you surprised? Um, oh, somebody says fireworks are racist because uh, black people hear noise pollution. Uh, okay, I don't know about that. Uh, so U.S. and Iran making no progress toward a nuclear deal. Big surprise. Aren't we back to Trump's approach with Iran? Because Biden somewhat simplistically thought that he would just get back into this Iranian nuclear deal, but that they would also improve it. So it's not good enough even for the Democrats. Even the Democrats don't like the nuclear deal with Iran. I didn't know that before. Apparently Chuck Schumer was adamantly opposed to the nuclear deal. So to his credit. Um, And so, when you thought Biden was just going to get back into the deal, even the Democrats don't want to do that. So there's no deal to get back into. So, in effect, the Biden approach to Iran is pretty much the Trump approach. Because when it comes right down to it, what options did they have? If you're trying to keep Iran from getting a nuclear weapon, and Biden says he is, Trump said he was too, you got to keep the sanctions on, and you can't make a deal. So it's going to look exactly like Trump, you know, give or take, killing Soleimani. So once again, the Trumpification of politics is happening. Um, how many of you think that uh, we're experiencing a heat wave that's caused by climate change? I feel like our reporting is letting us down a little bit. I remember it wasn't too long ago when there would be a big hurricane season and the experts would come out and say, it's because of climate change. But then a bunch of other experts would come out and say, no, you know, it could be because of climate change, but we don't see it in the, the data yet. The data does not tell us that our storms are getting worse. Is that what's happening now? Because I keep seeing references to climate change as the reason that it's so hot but is there, is there a counterpoint anymore? Is there anybody saying, well, I see what you're saying about all this heat, but it's not in the data yet? We don't see it yet? Or, or has, have the critics, as well as the proponents of climate change as being a coming disaster, uh, 
have they all agreed that this is really climate change? There's no pushback this time? Yeah, I don't have an opinion on it. I just don't know that there's any data out there, but we're all acting like we know what's going on. Um, Yeah, all right. That's just an open question. Um, I would say that I think we should adopt a new um, concept. And the concept goes like this. In the old days, we thought of herd immunity as when X number of people have been infected or vaccinated. And if you got to that at 60 or 70% of your public, either already infected and having antibodies or vaccinated, well, that was enough to stop a virus from spreading because there wouldn't be enough people that it could jump onto. But I feel like we have to modify that today. And really, we should look at herd immunity differently. And I think herd immunity should be when uh, everybody who has a vaccination, wants a vaccination, has one. That's it. That should be herd immunity. If everybody who wants a vaccination has one, then the other people are just taking a normal human risk and they, they get to do that. So why can't we just say we're done when everybody who wants one can get one and just go back to work and people will die yeah, we can be sure of that. But they would die in the context of knowing what the risks were and taking a normal human risk-reward decision and deciding to go on with their life or not. So uh, it, it feels like we're, everything we're doing is to maybe sort of a little bit protect a small percentage of the population who uh, got vaccinated but still could die from the, the virus, I suppose. Yeah, and the children. Yeah, and what we're doing to the children is um, the most alarming part of it. Uh, all right. So all I'm, the only thing I'm adding to this is the thought that the, word, the words herd immunity, we should just change it for this one situation and say, once everybody who wants a vaccination has it, we're good to go. That's all you can do. Uh, but we are seeing more corporations forcing their employees to get vaccinated. I have mixed feelings about that. On one hand, you certainly don't want forced vaccinations for all the obvious reasons. On the other hand, or at least if you can avoid it, you don't want it. Uh, On the other hand, um, what are you going to do? Some people are going to die if you don't do it. Uh, Yes, now we're all getting excited about the Delta variant. I don't know if the variant scares you. If if the other one, uh, if the other one, if the normal one didn't scare you, I don't know how the the Delta variant is going to scare you extra. I don't imagine it. All right. Um, And that is all I had to talk about today. I'll uh, look into what my issues are with my sound, and then I'll get the... uh, So I I already know what I need to do. Every time I test this, which is I add one variable, just one variable, to making the sound work, uh, 30% failure rate. It's just guaranteed. And I will talk to you tomorrow.